<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. Good afternoon. My name is Justin Bourne, and today I'll be your host. I'm welcomed by the usual crew, um, minus one this week. Uh, we are welcomed by Matt J. Hannum. G'day, Justin. How are you? I'm you great. Wel- you welcomed or you joined? <laughs> <laughs> He's flustered. Oh, I'm, I'm welcomed. <laughs> flustered. I'm joined and I'm flustered. And Kanye, thanks for that. G'day, buddy. How are you? Why are you flush- uh, blushing? Uh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and Hado. Ahoy, ahoy. Welcome, lads. Uh, this afternoon, I have brought, brought, I have a Talisker single malt Scotch whiskey uh, for today. This is currently one of my favourites right now. Um, not that I drink a huge amount of whiskey. Uh, I've been introduced to whiskey thanks to this podcast of the last couple of years. Um, a friend of mine brought this over, uh, or probably six months ago. He brought it over as a gift. And I drank the whole thing and recently he travelled overseas and picked up this bottle. That's a big one, yeah? Yeah, picked this bottle up uh, duty-free. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Aged uh, 10 years. Um, It's beautiful. So, cheers. 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 Always a pleasure. Oh, how come I got the bum cup? I suppose you get the crystal. (laughs) He fucking changed it around on us. He sure did, and why not? You got a double pour for it. You got a double pour, but we got the crystal. That's right. Everything tastes better in crystal, even water. You can, um, you want the crystal bottle? Well, I'm not drinking out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Swig straight from the glass. Today, I'm going to introduce the topic. Um, I want to talk about tough conversations and why they don't need to be so tough. Um, I really hope that uh, this afternoon we'll explore, you know, having these tough conversations and, and really provide some insight and maybe even encouragement. Um, or that little nudge to go have that tough conversation that you've been putting off um, for for a while. So today we're going to talk about, you know, some of our own experiences, some of the tough conversations, and, and a couple. I'd like to explore a couple tips uh, to prepare yourself um, heading into these. Um, and the reason that I want to talk about this today is that I felt, particularly in the last twelve months, I've had a handful of really tough conversations and. Maybe I have had in the past, but it just felt like this year um, was kind of the pinnacle of, of hitting, um, getting smacked by these, which was clearly, you know, wanting to show it, me. It's not the pinnacle, just so far. So far. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and obviously every single time it gets easier um, to, to do it. And the first few times it, it's really tough. And, you know, I think... Every single time you have one of these, you really grow. Um, and generally, the stress leading up to these tough conversations really eats um, away at you and puts a weight on your shoulder. Um, and it kind of... I don't even know why this is having a tough... I'm having a tough conversation right now. No, no. So... 
generally these conversations, we build up a lot of stress and anxiety, you know, over them. There are a lot of things that we don't want to say. Um, there are things that we put off um, and we leave them for, for way too long. Um, over the last kind of months, uh, month, we did a course um, which was a bit of a self-development course over five days and I learned a lot about um, myself, um, others and, and what's going on and that gave me a lot of uh, power heading into these, um, these conversations. Um, a couple of the ones that I had to have this year that, yeah, for me up until this point were the pinnacle were that uh, earlier in the year I had to let go of a couple staff. Um, I had to make them redundant due to business challenges. And for anyone who's had to do that, it was like daunting. I um, I lost sleep over it for the first like few days. In my head, I played around with all the possible responses that um, could happen. Um, you, you know, I was playing out every single scenario for, for days on days on end and um, just felt like there was the, the world uh, on my shoulders. And then, you know, funny enough, uh, when I delivered, the went into it, um, it didn't go as bad as what I thought. Um, I felt so relieved uh, after it. Um, it just was so – it was shit in the moment, don't get me wrong, and um, anyone who has to let go staff can understand how tough um, that can be. Um, but – you know, it it really, and I had to do it again actually like two months later, um, but it was a little bit easier, still really tough. Um, and it's nothing that you really um, want to do. And on top of that, I was also putting off um, another big conversation that I was actually wanting to have uh, with my uh, mum for probably six, seven months because I was just building up in, you know, all of these these things I didn't have the courage I didn't know what the outcomes would be and uh, you know all this type of bullshit and I'm sure all of us has experienced um, these type of moments um, and conversations so before um, I go into some of the things that I, I learnt you know these these ones were, were memorable uh, for me um, and I'd love to know just kind of quickly around the room um, are there any moments or, or particular tough conversations that, that jump out uh, for you? Um, I'll start with you, Hado. Yeah, I, um, I had a young fellow work with me in the photography side for a fair while and um, I let him go and the one thing that I kept doing was saying, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, I'll do it and then eventually sort of six months later it hadn't happened and uh, it started affecting my... Um, my energy per se um on a day-to-day basis and you know started affecting me so much that you know i started getting angry and so eventually i I just i put an end date on it i was like all right this is the date it's happening by um yeah and it's an incredibly hard thing to do however it's like a muscle the more you do it the the better you get at it um but the the, the easier it gets yeah (laughs) and the better you get at it but um also the um the feeling post um yeah, it's just the weight off your shoulders. So, um, yeah, the, the one thing I've, I learned from that one was, um, yeah, why wait when it needs to be done today? Because uh, every day you're not doing it, you're doing yourself a disservice and and, a, uh, and the person a disservice by stringing them along. Um, you know, fortunately I haven't had, had to let go too many people or, um, you know, I've had to have, to have conversations um, but not, 
um, yeah, not in the last sort of 12 months at least. So I've been quite lucky or I'm still running away from it, either one of the two. So, yeah, maybe. You know, potentially. Uh, well, that's it. There's never there's never a right time. I've, I've come to, to understand like you always like, oh, wait till this or that or and you kind of plan out kind of when you think you might let go, you know, have this conversation. But yeah. well, that's when it's more about you as opposed to them, right? Correct. Um, so, so Conrad, you're a little bit infamous of having tough conversations and dropping bombs. So, um, enlighten us with your <laughs> memorable, memorable ones. I don't know, mate. I have, I have plenty. I mean, I, I do get it. I don't call it. Um, I mean, I don't use the word confrontation when it comes to these things anymore. Everything's just conversational for me, right? And I guess for a while now, I've, I've. Um, I've come to understand that I'm not in the best service of of anybody when I'm avoiding the conversation um, that needs to have that needs to happen. I've had them in business um, with my last with one of my last business partners uh, was a tough one. Um, um, they staff always hard because you 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 hire on on a promise and you have to let go because either they're not fulfilling their end of the bargain or the situation doesn't allow them to provide for that. A number of those I've, I've had conversations with. I mean, from the day that I, that I started coaching in the SBL, which is what back in 2009, um, I had to have hard conversations because the coach at the time refused to have them. Um, so, cutting people, um, particularly when they get to that end, you know, they've done all their underage basketball, you know, they've had enough coaches blow wind up their bums. Um, and then they get to playing seniors and they, they've got to take a number um, and they just don't fit at that point in time. I mean, and that's the other thing, right? A hard conversation isn't final. It just gives the the other person that needs to receive it an opportunity to get some perspective and some context, um, and apply a bit of learning should they be able to, and grow from that. Um, but it's a win win. You know, you grow and they grow. Um, but if you avoid it, neither 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 person grows. Well, that's the the most interesting thing, um, mainly from a business side. Um, when you've had to let people go, you know, you come to realise that. You know, well, in my case and in my scenario, uh, each individual that's come through my business and we've had to let go, they've, they've come out the other side better and now they're doing amazing things and they're, they're doing awesome. Um, and kind of goes to show you, you probably, you, no, not probably, you were doing them a disservice by hanging it around and allowing certain things uh, to happen. And it comes back to the last episode, I think we were talking about affirming people in love languages and, and providing a Band-Aid. And sometimes you're actually doing individuals yourself and everyone around you um, a favor by saying what needs to be said no matter what the perceived consequence or uh, well, reaction you've got you to start with self okay you can't you can't pretend to take care of anybody else rightly wrongly good or bad if you're not starting with yourself so if there's a situation you're seeing you know as we all have come to understand you know, you know understanding the obvious or stating the obvious you've got to play with the truth as it is in your eyes it may not be their truth but your truth is your truth and you need to speak to that as often as possible it's true matt any particular memorable oh man <laughs> i mean where do you want to start um at your hardest well i'll go i'll go to an early one um so my first i mean i studied accounting right um for those of you that uh, aren't familiar that's why I have a marketing company. <laughs> um, so, but uh, for those that aren't familiar, I didn't just do accounting. I wasn't doing tax returns. I was doing uh, insolvency. And um, a particular 
um, tough conversation that comes to mind is early days, uh, probably within 12 months of being there, um, very quickly in insolvency, you're sort of helping and overseeing and, and on managing by yourself companies that are, that are going bust or whatever's going on. And I remember having to go out to Welshpool, uh, which is a, um, a, a trade-based suburb. Um, suburb in Perth, for those of you who aren't around here. Just a, you know, tip, and I, it was my job and my job alone at 19 to go into this factory um, and, and deliver bad news. So I, I, I distinctly remember being in um, a poorly fitted, you know, fairly cheap suit because I had to wear a suit and I had um, one of my dad's ties on. Before your stylist days? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, obviously. Um, and I had one of dad's ties on and I was 19 and I had to go in and tell a whole company's worth of employees by myself, um, which was about 30, 35 people in the room, um, that they weren't going to get paid their superannuation for the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, and their jobs were gone and that was that. And and I had to do that by myself. Uh, and at 19, you understood superannuation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, at 37, I don't. <laughs> There's a tough conversation coming your way. <laughs> but so, well, it's different. It's not quite. It might be superannuation, but um, it's more about them getting paid it by their employer. Um, so, you know, their employer had gone bust. And the way it works is that, you know, the consulting firm or the insolvency firm have to go and basically deal with it. And they were in a tough enough situation that um, within the business that there wasn't assets to pay. Um, at that point, the government didn't help. They now do help a little bit more. Um, and these, these, you know, they were, they were grown men. I was a 19-year-old boy. And they, I feel your pain, man. Yeah. I feel like I was. You, know, you had to change your tax a couple of times. Yeah, I, well, I did. I, that um, would have been tough. I probably changed them in the, um, you know, on the way in. But <laughs> it's uh, pretty early to learn that kind of conversation, though, because it, that's that's a harm one to have at any stage. Yeah, and that's crazy. Well, I guess the reason why I also raised that, and I, I delivered it, and I think that uh, not that I had a clue what I was doing, but I think they could understand that I was respectful enough, knowing that I was only who I was. And, but I was just a messenger of the situation and they they weren't happy but they didn't turn on me and I was I was able to at least deliver it without and with the humility you know at 19 that was fine but I guess I think they were strategic in sending you in by the way yeah <laughs> no, no it was me we, we were given these Sending the white meat it was my it was my job I, I had to this whole company was my job and the other side of the company I was still trading it was a multi-million dollar operation that was my responsibility um, and there was no one else behind me apart from to sign a few um, papers and, and do their other stuff. So I, there was no choice. Um, but I think the point there is that was tough. And, you know, many, many years later, any of those conversations, like letting someone go, and I've had to let a lot of different people go in my businesses and in other businesses, they don't, they're not, you're, you can do them and they're a little easier from process, but uh, they never feel good. And they, don't get, no. they don't get any better um, at all. They just continue, um, continue to hurt and, and, when you don't have that structure, like you say, Hater, when there's no time frame, yeah, you, you, I've often found myself, oh, I should have done that weeks ago, you know, a long time ago. Now I've just got a lot better at going, right, that's the decision. Okay, I need to move on that quickly. Otherwise, you, you chew yourself up in the process. And so more of late, um, what, what, uh, what do you do now heading into these um, potential tough conversations? Or how do you prepare for them? Yeah, I mean, very quickly, uh, I think you form a decision very quickly. As soon as you open 
your mind up to the awareness to the truth of what the situation's like, and I've done this with staff, yeah. so I, I think I'll know. Um, but then I haven't stopped, really looked at it, and as soon as I look at it, I go, okay, that's got to happen. So I'll usually just formulate a bit of a plan, um, and give myself a deadline, and usually structure that, like call a meeting or do something, so I can't really find my way out of it, and and be very specific around what I'm going in there to do. Um, and I've still had to do do them recently. Um, yeah, there's there's always tough conversations, as Conrad said in, um, and we we think we talked about in the last episode. The, the current workforce is, and, and I guess society is a little needier in, in the sense, and that might not be the right word, but... <laughs> but what little? Yeah, well, yeah, it might not be the right way to put it, but like we, we do, we, we've got, um, we're, we're more entitled, we have higher expectations and a lot more of it, it, it used to, back in the day, I was talking to someone recently who's, who's currently in a partnership arrangement and they have some staff and the, the older partner is like they get paid they should just do everything they should just do what we tell them the younger guy's like well doesn't work that way anymore i need to lead them and motivate them with vision and we we know about we know about this right so um the challenge is then how good are we at actually fulfilling you know and and discussing it's easy to like give someone a pay rise or not and have you done a great job but it's it's harder to talk through those those things that are a bit more um intangible i suppose but um yeah, like to go back to the, the start of it, I really just try and set myself a deadline, not let it drag on too long because the minute I, I know it's wrong, um, I've yeah, learned to take true. action much quicker because I've, I've spent a lot of time in my head worried about stuff, changing things. You've got to just rip the band off and get on with it's it. Just, the tool I use these days is just understanding um, as soon as you notice it and you don't act on it, then, then the clock's going against you. Yeah. Well, what about when you... Um a young whippersnapper and say breaking up with a girlfriend. Has anyone ever broken up with a girlfriend? Yeah. No, I've been dumped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had both. I've, I've yeah, never, I've really I've never done uh, it. Because that's the same thing I've broken up with. Maybe two girlfriends, two? Hang on, sorry. Never. Uh, no, I've, I've been on the receiving yeah. end more so, yeah. More so or never? Never. I've never broken up with anyone. Myself a few times, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, have, yeah, you, right. have you ever broken up with a girl? I have, yeah. Or a boy? Uh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> of yeah, yeah, actually. But it's funny, like well, I've broken up, yeah, with business relationships. <laughs> I mean, that's just, like, almost as big sometimes. The reason I brought it up is because, like, um, oh yeah, business ones I get, but you're talking about loved ones, right? Yeah, yeah like once when you know, yeah. you know, and yeah, then, no, like you got to get on, you take action, right? Yeah, literally. So you know, uh, on the Monday, and you're like, holy shit, and then it might take you two months to do it, but you've known in that whole two months that that. That's what needs to be done, um, and it's the most daunting thing ever. However, like the especially when you're young and like yeah. it's not like, you know, if that's you know my experience is when I was a lot younger yeah. and um, yeah it's and you've got nothing else to worry about so it can consume your thought yeah. right. But yeah, that was that was the point I was alluding to. It was like when you know you actually know like once you've actually come to the realization, you had the awareness that the truth and this is that this is a thing that needs to happen. Like there's no real turning back. It's not like you can. It ends work. up costing you usually a ton of time anyway, and if it's in business, it's a ton of money as well. If I'm probably in personal relationships, could cost you a lot of money. <laughs> probably, as well. probably the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to be trying to break up with her at 18 and then marry her at 26 just because you've uh, you yeah, want to put off that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> then it so, will cost you a lot of money. Well, hang on, I mean that's a different podcast. But like, <laughs> I can think of a lot of different situations when they're like, yeah, they'll try and throw that as a uh, solution. To the table to, to of, fix it, yeah. yeah. Instead of making well, the marriage, well, 
Yep, or something, or well, children, or a puppy, yeah, or whatever. True. So, Conrad, um, so we've talked about it clearly, uh, speed is a, is a good piece, but but what other things would you suggest to people heading into, in, in terms of preparation for, for tough conversations, and what do, what do you do um, for the real big ones? Getting clarity on, on the outcome. I mean, you've got to be clear. I mean, I, I, think, I think we talk about it a lot, be very clear on the end result you're trying to create. Um, you know, honesty is the best policy in those in those aspects. Uh, so, I mean, as we and as always, we said at the start, by having the conversation, um, there generally is a win-win. Uh, so, whatever you can see as a win-win, and how you can position that as a win-win is obviously your responsibility as well. Because usually, the person on the other side may or may not already see it that way. It can be pretty tough, man. I mean, like I've had to let go of you know fathers of three young children at that time and it's hard to see the win on the other side i'm not yeah 100 i'm not saying it's easy however there there is i mean it, there, what i know by having these conversations you know you know the, the old saying one door closes another one opens you know i, I turn that around and say one door closes and there's 10 other ones open so whatever you can do to frame them in a way where they can sit back and have a look i mean you you, you talked about with the guys that you've you've released or let go of justin they've gone on to better things Good, bad, indifferent, but you know, and it is what it is. But you know, that the responsibility for them to do the work on themselves is their responsibility, right? Not your responsibility. Um, yeah, and I mean, we seem to be dominating a lot by obviously with staff members, but I think the same goes with with family members, friends, yeah. um, spouse. Like, uh, you know, being clear on what your your intention for the conversation yeah, is the purpose. and, and yeah. the outcome um, allows. Uh, you a lot to and personally i like to actually write that outcome down before heading in have that as a bit of a notepad on my notepad heading into the the meeting um because even clients um having co- co- tough conversations can happen like every hour sometimes depending on where you're at and yep. how you want to frame them um and knowing how to navigate them is powerful um a lot uh, a, as well um well, it's, it's a massive skill to be able to have them firstly identify them then have them um you know, I think we downplay that skill when it comes to what we're because it seemed to be bad or shit. But I mean, if you start talking to people about how you've dealt with shitty situations, it's an absolute skill to get out of it um, and get to that win-win. Absolute skill. Um, you know, the greats talk about it. You know, Kogan has a great win-win story when he started up uh, Rosalind when he started up uh, Kogan. So you know, identifying the win-win and being prepared to 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 you know go to the depths of whatever you can do personally to figure what that is will help that person because you can frame that up and you can set it up, whether it be a partner or a business relationship or a friendship, you can frame it up in a right, in, in a way that they can have a look at when they choose to. Yeah, well, that, that's a good note to um, something that I've recently learnt is the the framing and the positioning of how and the way, the, the positioning of where you come from in the conversation of to, to discuss the topic at hand or the situation is really powerful. So if you go into the conversation pretty much finger pointing, blaming, accusing and um, going, I'm not happy, you know, you did this and rah, rah, rah and have no, no solution on the back end of that, you're setting yourself up for failure and it will be a very tough conversation and it will be a shit outcome on the, the back end. And so... You know, coming something that I've learned a lot recently is is coming from you and, oh, yeah. and stating kind of what is obvious uh, to you, the truth. Yeah. Um, well, your truth is your truth, right? And try to avoid the word using you. Yeah. And come from a place of using the word I and then just allowing it to sit 
um, with the receiver before kind of um, going any further. Well, I, I had one of those conversations really recently when it came down to this this basketball coaching gig that I had. Um, you know, I was uh, I asked permission to to look for other head coaching roles in the in the league, and you know, the club assured me that that wouldn't compromise my position with the club in its in its in its in its um, in, my, in my current role. And then when I went through it, I mean, by the end of the season, I've got I've got shunted aside. I haven't got a head coaching role, but I've got shunted aside. It was a conversation I was trying to avoid to have. You know, I didn't want to have the tough conversation. I was being a real wanker about it um, because I didn't want to I didn't want to serve people. I really didn't, um, and so I couldn't avoid it. Um, you know, push came to shove. I called for the meeting. Um, I went into that meeting fully prepared, knowing what I knew, I how I see my truth, um, and went through it. I mean, the reality is that I, I came from a perspective of owning the shit that I put into the situation, um, and let people know how I saw the situation and how it's uh, it's impacted me, given what and how it was said to be handled and hasn't been. And lo and behold, mate, guess what? Ten other doors open up. So you know, when you own your shit, um, you know. It's, and like I said, this conversation probably should have happened during the basketball season. It didn't because I was being arrogant and. Stick my head in the sand. Didn't want to do it. Uh, didn't want to serve. I'm, you know, I'm being honest with you. I'm telling you what I didn't want to do. Um, but then I couldn't avoid it. You know, if I want to honour myself, I, I can't avoid not having that conversation. So it's a dis- you know, inadvertently it's a dishonour to yourself if you don't. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that's where I came across. Uh, I can't reference the quote. And I'll have to look it up. But the the stress is not the conversation itself. The stress is the build up into having the the conversation and not having it. So, um, you know, you end up doing yourself a disservice by uh, by not having the the courage to tackle it. And yeah, it's hard. Um, but the quicker, obviously, you can get to it, the the better. Um, hey, oh, it's, it's it saves people and it saves you. It's true. Hato. You had some experience breaking up with girls by the sound of it. So <laughs> many broken hearts. Oh, Romeo, oh, Romeo Hato here. Dropping love buckets all around. Used to go around with that giant pole bolt. <laughs> this was before you had, had the long, long locks of red hair as well. Um, what What do you do um, in preparing yourself for conversations? Conversations. Um, yeah, I think I think these boys touched on most of the points. Um, with being truthful and, and knowing the outcome, I think two of the most important things. Um, I actually am a little bit selfish in the fact that I, I kind of, um, w- the feeling after of the relief off your shoulders, I, I kind of picture that a little bit to give myself a, a boot up the ass to, to get it done too, um, which is a little bit weird, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's not, I don't know, I the thing that I've realised is it's just like a band-aid. You just need to rip it off and get it done. Um, otherwise, you it does it turns your guts into misery for the the entire duration that you're putting it off. And um, the more and more I've allowed myself to do that, the more and more I've understood that I don't want that. Um, so that's just come from an experience thing of of um, you know allowing it to trouble me for a very long time. Now I I I welcome um, it more so than I did sort of five six years ago for sure. How many times of late have you fucking avoided hard conversations, mate? Oh, with part yeah, with coach <laughs> I have. <laughs> so is there a tough conversation you need to be having? Oh, I had it. I had it with him. Oh, okay, sure. you had so, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I just I was being selfish. I just 
didn't want to have it for the sake of... But then I realised I was doing him a disservice by not having it. That's exactly right. We are being yeah. selfish. When you choose not to have the conversation, then you're, you're putting yourself ahead of everybody else. Yeah. It's, it's so true because, like Matt, I think you said as well, like when you... You made the decision. You made the decision. Like yeah. you know, you've probably been sitting with it for like six months, and like the way you've been interacting with that individual or behaving, it's contaminated. You've been contaminating and sabotaging yeah. that relationship that whole time. Yeah. Um, and they might not be aware of it, but you are, and that's ninety nine percent. They weren't aware of it, and that's yeah. a bit shit. Um, because because if they were, I mean, I'd like to think I've got a relationship with you guys. That if I'm if I'm not having a conversation, if there's a pink elephant not being talked about, I'd like to think you guys could could bring it up. Okay, because again, I, I value the proximity, and I think we we, we value each other's proximity to, to the point of being obvious with each other. But you're exactly right. Sometimes they may not see it. What about uh, tough conversations with yourself? Every fucking day, <laughs> every day. What do you? What do you? Because obviously, that's probably uh, the first tough conversation you have to have. Yeah, you just prior gotta, to having you gotta, you set else. yourself up, man. I ask myself every day: Am I ready to take on the fucking day? Am I ready to, to face the world? Otherwise, I won't fucking go out of the house. No point. How many days have you sat in your house? Um, ten years, three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> in the sleeping bag. I think we. <laughs> no, I'm out of the sleeping bag. Oh yeah, yeah. nice. I think with the tough conversations with yourself, it's summer. I think. <laughs> I think you need a primer. I need to think you need a primer with the tough conversations with yourself, meaning that generally someone else needs to see your bullshit and you've got to be willing to receive what is being given to you because we get... Um, and Externalise it. Yeah, and it's not something I want to go down too much, but I I agree with um, that having tough conversations with yourself is extremely powerful. And that's really the only way you're going to be able to have the external tough conversations as well is by doing the work on yourself because... That's really been the only reason um, that I feel like I'm getting more comfortable and have more power heading into these uh, Well, you can't have some conversation with anybody else until you're prepared to do it with yourself. This is the same shit, mate. Mm. Um, you've got to be able to call your bullshit because not having the conversations, you're bullshit again anyway. And that's what gives you almost a sense of um, calmness heading into some of these conversations uh, as well. Because if you know, so recently, um, as of last week, I had a really big uh, client conversation that was building up. Um, and I had to, there was a lot of things going on. And um, long story short, I was called into the, the office with all the big wigs that I've had no direct conversation with because I've been dealing with a couple of uh, people down the, the chain. And um, shitting, not, not fully shitting myself, but I did all this type of uh, prep work. I did the end result, the end outcome that I was uh, doing. I had drafted up a couple emails uh, that uh, probably wouldn't have been well received if they hit sent. I lost one. Um, on the plane, which probably was a, an act, of, no coincidence there. Good omen. Yes. Um, and it was good though because it allowed me to get rid of my thoughts. And so even then just kind of letting it out, maybe like kind of um, venting it in a different way, not at the individual first, just to explore your own feelings and to explore your own shit first, which is I guess having that tough conversation. But um I went into this this meeting knowing we'd done all the work. Um, I knew the end outcome that I wanted and I allowed them to communicate what they wanted to communicate. And then I came across this really cool technique um, that uh, through a course that I'm doing, um, which has a bit of a formula. And the formula goes kind of, you know, first off is you, in these tough conversations is that most people don't feel like they're heard. 
So if you can allow someone to to feel like they they've been heard, it really disarms the the situation um, and really disarms a lot of the emotion and reactiveness that comes uh, into it. So one of the techniques is essentially. Um, acknowledging what's been uh, received and then you state um, a feeling followed by why and then the win-win solution. So in this particular um, meeting, they were really wanting to get off their chest. And so uh, the, the challenge with this one was I was completely powerless. I had no influence or say in what had happened in the situation. Um, so I took the responsibility of that. And so essentially I went into the meeting and I said, look, Thanks for, you know, letting me know about this situation. I feel for you and I acknowledge what's going on. Um, from my point of view, I feel powerless in this situation to be able to have any influence um, on the outcome because of the structures X, Y, and Z that are set up. Moving forward, I think we should be able to do this, this, and that, and um, this will allow us to get to the outcome. And it was the most surreal meeting that I've ever been in because normally I would have been like, oh, you know, I would have probably got worked up. I was anxious and all of that. Um, and the individuals on the other end were so compassionate and empathetic um, afterwards that I was actually taken back. One of the ladies, um, one of the big executives uh, turned around and said, you know what, Justin, thanks so much for coming in and explaining uh, that and that was really um, important for us and, and was, was really almost grateful. Um, and I've been using this kind of technique. Um, the big conversation I had with uh, my, my mum that I've been putting off for seven months, one of those kind of ones where there was some stuff happening that I wanted to discuss, um, I did a similar approach where this is how I feel, this is what's going on, this is just the situation and I think, like as you said, Conrad, it's – what I've come to learn is you, you want to try and talk to the truth of the situation and not pass blame. Um, the moment that you put them at fault, the walls are going to come up and it's going to turn into a debate and argument and you're not both not going to be able to get to the resolution. Because there's, true, there's two truths that exist in every situation, right? And there is no blame. Mm. You know, blame is just an, an absent-minded way of handballing a situation. And the other thing that I also learned recently was not to give advice or recommendations um, because if you do that you're that's obviously coming from almost a very similar space um, and that doesn't serve anyone either you have to and I think this is reinforced through the course and some of your uh, advice Conrad is is understanding that it's just information how the individual receives it is up to them and if whatever they react or project back is on them, that that's with them. And you but that's psychology 101, right? And you don't have to receive that. And it's easier said than done. It's only taken it's probably the last big conversation I had to really embody that feeling and realise that. Um, because in the past, I would take on a lot of... To, well, when, to, when, to you can, when you can invite, and a lot of, a lot of the times I work with people one-on-one, I, um, I ask them to observe what other people in their life are showing them. Uh, in their troubling situations, you know, what are you being shown by that person? And it takes a lot to get beyond that because your ego is really, really at play. You know, when you get past the ego and ask yourself to, to be humble enough to to learn and be the student, what really shows up is a lot of even the opposites of what what is first what's what's first seen. So it's really interesting when when you start playing that game from from a from a true depth of knowing. I'm glad you raised that um, particular example, JB, because. Um I think a lot of what we talked about before was when we've got the power in the position or we're the one just delivering some bad news and we're holding back on that. Whereas 
the whole other side of the equation, I suppose, is when you don't have the power. So you went in, you know, to a room where you didn't have the power and you were able to seek resolution and, and effectively you were able to seek and resolve the issue in that first meeting. And often many things can resolve in in one conversation, but in, I, I'm also thinking of a lot of instances where it's not the case. Um, in particular, I've had a couple of, going back to business ones, like business, let's call them business breakups, and I am fortunate to have only ever had a sort of girlfriend-type breakup when we were very young and there was no challenges, but I can only imagine that something like a, a divorce of a family would be similar. It, it's not one conversation. And um, in, in my instances, um, one of them was we were involved in a series of investments and we had a, 10 different entities that we had to manage through various different problems. And when you're not communicating well um, and when you – you know, sometimes my my end result of a meeting would be to almost just to have left that meeting, even if there was no result in the outcomes, but to have not ended up with someone just walking out. Um, so use a mediator. And no, well, I know, I know, but there wasn't. Yeah, you but use that, a mediator. Yeah, that's one way of doing it, but that wasn't where I was at at the particular point in time, and um, I had to basically learn in in that series of events to craft an outcome and just take little wins as I went and work my way through a process. And um, sometimes things can't be resolved in, in one situation. I could only assume that a, yeah, um, like a, a marriage breakdown or something would be very similar. Um, and then you've got, you know, the stakes are high. You're talking about kids, you're talking about assets, you're talking about all sorts of things that are important to you. Um, and I think it comes back to the same sort of starting point to really know and understand what you what you really want or what you're willing to concede, what what you what your truth what is, your truth is in, in the outcome, and you can just gradually work there. Because you, you can only be of true service if you're speaking your your truth, because you're showing up to show them something too. Well, that's what um, was shown to me in this situation as well, Matt. Like as you said, yeah, I was on the reverse end, and um, you know, I didn't want to say particular things throughout some of the early parts of the process. This was we were engaged by a client, so this is you know quite common for people who have clients, and um, we were engaged by someone else, and it was the end client who wasn't happy, and I felt like I shouldn't step on toes or I shouldn't say this or that because I'm going to upset these other people, and um, that's where I came across this um, uh, great quote, which was kind of like, um, you know, I was valuing the feelings and opinions of others over my own, um, which in the long run is never going to serve you or serve um, them. I think it's just sometimes knowing the best approach to go about it without blowing up the whole situation. Um, because, yeah, sometimes it's not one tough conversation, it's many, um, and they can be on a, on a daily uh, basis. But... You know, I think... Like I hope it's not on a daily basis for lots of people. I think there can be micro ones, like uncomfortable conversations, maybe not as extreme as a couple of these, but there can definitely be a lot of uncomfortable conversations, particularly um, I think from the creative space when you're running a business. Um, creatives uh, generally don't have a lot of self-worth and so therefore pleasing clients, they'll sacrifice themselves to please the client um, because, they, again, haven't done the work on themselves. And so... You know, doing the work on yourself is really important to having these um, conversations constructively uh, to allow um, outcomes to, to move forward. Yeah, I think that what, what you're tapping on there is, is, is the, the term coming from a place of abundance, not a place of lack. And that's not, that's not, mon- no, that's not monetary speaking. That's from a, a self-worth perspective. 
you know, making sure you're not coming from a poor me syndrome. Yeah, 100%. And it's accepting responsibility and understanding that you can influence the, the outcome uh, regardless um, and you don't have to cop other people's shit because other people are putting their shit onto you all day, every day. Um, projecting and and you know trying to resolve their own shit onto you all day every day, and you need to become. But you're doing the same thing back. That's very true as well. We're all we're all doing that. But I think it's unless you're sitting in solitary confinement, then it's just you on you. Yeah, but most people aren't aware of 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 that level. I don't think. Well, it if they're not, um, without sounding rude, but they don't want to be. That's, and that's a choice in itself. Or they're still early in their journey. True. Because a few years ago, I would I would have been in that situation and there's been a lot of, yeah. But there's people in our proximity that still don't get that. That's true as well. Then that's a different story. Yeah, it's choice. Yeah, that's choice. Um, all I would like, I guess, from, from this is hopefully anyone that's listening, um, you know, I think – we can all uh, agree that having the tough conversation will always eventually lead to a better outcome, even though if the short-term pain um, and, I guess, perceived uh, consequence is extreme, um, it always pays off um, in, the, in the long run. Um, you know, like when I talk about the conversation with my mum, you know, we're on the path of mending stuff. And I think that's powerful. And you can only start that journey by having that initial conversation and don't expect someone else to have it, you know, like... It's no one else's responsibility. Like I say to people all the time, if you see the rubbish on the road, you pick it up or you walk past it. If you walk past it, let the whole idea go. But then you can't stand for keep Australia clean. Yeah, 100%. So just quickly around um, for, for someone that's listening, what would you say to an individual if they've been putting off a, a tough conversation? I'll start with Conrad because Matt's busy. Have it. Hey, Have it. Have it now. And Matt. Have it? Um, I'll have it. I've already done it. With pickles? <laughs> what is it? What, hang on, what's that Pepsi Max? Doing it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the telescope with the Pepsi Max wouldn't be bad, but I've, you wouldn't do it. No, you wouldn't do it. No, yeah. just um, know the outcome, speak truth. And, um, and don't use butts. I love your butt. I fucking hate that. Use however. No, Jake. Just have the conversation. <laughs> yeah, just just state what is true to you. Yeah. Don't yeah. overthink it. Um, write some notes down. Like that's what I've done. Imagine breaking up with a girl. Really I love you, but I don't want to be with you. It's not me. It's you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys copped that a lot, didn't you? <laughs> you too. Yep. I, I love did. you, but it's not me. It's not you. It's me. It's not me. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just say? I think I got called wanker a bit too. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's still do. That's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hasn't changed. <laughs> cool. Um, look, I hope there's some, you know, that encourages someone to, to to have the conversation. I think from the four of us here, have it if you've been putting something off. Have the conversation with yourself and just take the first step um, slowly but surely. The longer you leave it, the more damage and pain are you going the to deep, be in. The deeper the hole. The deeper the hole. Thank you very much for listening. If you made it the whole way through that, um, there was gold in there. Hopefully, they did. But oh yeah, but you had to mind it, not mind it. You had to mind it. <laughs> you do simple minds. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, please like, subscribe, and share. Send us. Uh, hey, send us a 
you know, DM of a tough conversation you end up having. I'd love to know if we've incited any great conversations in the outcomes you guys had and yeah, girls. That would be amazing. Um, share it with someone who's been putting off tough conversation. And um, until next time, bye-bye. Champagne. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.